Stay tuned for Occupied Territory America with Mike Fader. So last week in um, Los Angeles, a bunch of people actually did stand up for their rights. And, of course, for their pains, they got themselves arrested. Uh, Last week uh, in Los Angeles, there was the largest civil disobedience in Walmart history and led to about 50 arrests. Uh, Walmart workers, some clergy, and supporters went out to protest their absurdly low wages and working bad working conditions. Um, and while they were out there, they were surrounded by 100 police officers in riot gear and a helicopter circling above. And remember now that any time you demonstrate or protest, no matter how righteous your reason, if you're in a union, it doesn't make any difference. You get out on the street, you point out what they're doing wrong, you tell the truth, you are now a terrorist. Something always to remember, because you have to pay the price for everything you do. So these people went out there and protested poverty wages, and uh, they had to have 100 police in riot gear and a helicopter, because everybody thinks they're in SEAL Team 6 now, who works for the government. Anyhow, we have somebody on who was part of that action, Anthony Goitia. Am I saying your name right? Goitia? Yes. Okay. Yes, you are. Uh, he's a Walmart worker in Southern California, and um, he went out on strike last week. So which store do you work at? I work at the Duarte Walmart uh, over here in the San Gabriel Valley in Los Angeles area. Is that a, a standard Walmart, big one, little one? Uh, it's it's, just, it's not a super center. It's just a, a regular one. We we close at 12 o'clock and open up at 6. Okay. And um, so give me an idea of your background. I mean, you haven't always been at – what were you doing before you were at Walmart? Um, I was um, I was a cook for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I learned culinary arts and job corps. And that's kind of the career path that I was um, doing the uh, majority of my life. Mm-hmm. So I, what's your status? You married? You have kids? What? So, um, yeah, I'm a proud father. Um, just had a baby on Friday. Mm-hmm. So now I have um, four kids with my wife, um, you know, collectively. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm married. Um, I'm 31 years old. And <laughs> um, I'm a proud member of um, our Walmart. Does she work? Um, actually, she does work, but she's on maternity leave right now. Mm-hmm. So, but generally speaking, so you have like two incomes, right? Yeah, but um, you know, on my Walmart income, it's still not enough. We still struggle, and we still mm-hmm. um, have to uh, see if we qualify for food stamps, and uh, we're right. on, we're on Medi-Cal. We can't afford any, um, you know, medical benefits and things like that. Well, so how long have you been working at that Walmart? I've been there a little a little over a year. Mm-hmm. And, and what's your pay? Um, I get nine sixty. I get a dollar more. Uh, if you work overnight, I work overnight, um, so we get a dollar more than uh, everybody else. Nine sixty an hour. And how many hours a week do you usually work? Well, they. I've been begging for a full time position, but I'm, they still call me a part time employee. Mm-hmm. Um, I work. I work anywhere from like 
Mm, like, I usually have like three days off, mm-hmm. uh, four days off, you know, and I, if I request a day off, they'll give me like five days off in a row. They they do little tricky things like that. but They try to keep people temporary there, right, so they don't have to uh, give them full um, time. Yeah, like when I was hired, I was probably the last... Um, like a uh, group of people that I was within the group of people that they hired on um uh like permanent mm-hmm. um after, right after, after that like maybe a month or so lo- later they started firing a bunch of uh, they started letting go a bunch of um long time employees that were there a while and then they started hiring a bunch of temps like waves and waves and waves of temps and you just see like Every once in a while, you see a big group of temps there, like new temps, and then they let go of a bunch of them. They bring in new ones. Well, what's it, what is the point of getting rid of uh, permanent uh, full-timers and hiring temps? What do they gain by that? Well, they gain, they, they, um, that's their way of pinching pennies. They gain, um, they don't have to, they don't have to pay temps any benefits. They don't have to pay temps any bonuses. You know, every quarter we get a bonus. Depending on our sales, mm-hmm. um, you know, usually it's like three hundred bucks or like a um, hundred bucks, you know, mm-hmm. depending on our sales. So um, it's that, you know, it's the bonuses, it's the the medical benefits that they're they're not getting. It's also the it's also the risk of um, being let go. They kind of like oh, I force see. you yeah. to do um, other work that like. Like, um, say, like, if I work in the back room, I get paid a little bit more than the people who are stocking on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes they make temps to work in the back room, and they make them bin and overstock, like um, put overstock away inside the the system. Mm-hmm. And they pay them at the regular pay, you know, instead of paying them at the pay they should be getting. What, what's called, a, what, it's what called it? wage theft. Wait, so what's what is the starting pay if you get hired as a temp at Walmart? Um, I'm not sure. Overnight, overnight it's nine. I started at nine forty. Mm-hmm. And uh, but, um, so, so I mean, do you get what? Would you get a yearly raise, or how does it work? I mean, will you? Yeah, get a raise? you you only get a, a raise like once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's any anywhere for anywhere from twenty cents to sixty cents. Twenty cents to sixty cents an hour raise. Yeah, um, um, I just got a raise recently. Maybe like last, uh, actually in August, I got a raise, mm-hmm. um, and I got a forty cent raise. Do you have medical benefits? Um, I I can't afford them. I'm on Medicare. So the Walmart does not provide medical benefits for full time employees. They provide them, but they're really expensive. They're not. Oh, affordable. The only people that I notice that can afford those those benefits is people that like stay with their mom, like you oh. know, that don't don't have a family, like don't pay. Like I pay, I pay all my rent. I have a family to support. I have to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. I have to pay the lights. You know, I have to pay my insurance. Uh, you know, and the list goes on. If my car breaks down. I have to pay it. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, well, how can how can you afford to have a car on such a small income? Um, well, it's it's not a new car. Like I'm not paying payments on it. I bought it cash. Oh, we I bought see. it cash maybe like a couple years ago when we got our income tax. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
And um, I actually have another car also that I had bought cash, um, but it's inoperable. I, I can't drive it because I need to fix the smog on it, but I can't afford to fix it. So then you got to buy gas. So, you got to pay uh, insurance, yeah, right? Yeah, insurance. I got to pay insurance for both cars, and um, you know. So what's really uh, well, what what's what's your take home like? Like a week? What's your average take home a week? Okay, well, I can tell you, I, I get paid um, every other week, uh-huh. um, and my check average is like maybe like five hundred, five hundred twenty. You know, sometimes when I cut my hours, you know, I take home like three hundred bucks or something like. So five hundred every know. two weeks, like a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Like if I get lucky and get a little bit overtime, like you know, I get like six hundred dollars. But then, but then when I get paid, like I have direct deposit. Uh-huh. So when the money goes straight to my bank account, the bank takes out whatever I borrowed from them mm-hmm. and then uh, I go into the bank and I withdraw whatever money I got on that check and I pay day, I, I pay um payday loans that I that I had borrowed. Um like right now I have three payday loans that I have to pay when I get paid. What's the rate on the payday loan? Um so I borrow like two fifty five and I gotta pay back three hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of like in the red. Um, you know, most of the time I find myself borrowing money like from my brother or from um, you know, members from the organization, you know, they help me out a lot. What's what is a typical day like? I mean, uh, you you get there and then are you on your feet a lot or lifting things or what what do you do? Um, they're at work? Yeah. Yeah, so um I get there and we have like a pre-shift meeting. They go over the sales of the previous um you know, compared to the previous year, you know, they just to kind of let us know if we're looking at a bonus or not. Mm-hmm. And then they go over the, the things uh, that happened the night before or what have you and um, the, some rules they have to go over sometimes. Or Yeah. Um, then they offer the floor. Sometimes I speak up. Sometimes I don't, you know, but they, they kind of hesitate to offer the floor up. Mm-hmm. Um, then we just go, um, we go to the floor um by then, the truck is already unloaded, and the unloaders are um, putting the pallets to the different departments, depending where they're going. Mm-hmm. Then we scan our badge, and Walmart has a system called the My Guide system. And what it is is you scan your badge on the, the price check, the little price check scanner thing. Mm-hmm. And you scan your badge, and um, it tells you what department you're in and... Uh, like what you have to do in a certain amount of time. Oh, I see. So it's kind of like a digital slave driver, I'd like to call it. <laughs> digital slave. Sometimes those sometimes those um, task times are like impractical. But are you on your feet a lot? Oh yeah, I'm on my feet a lot. Um, sometimes I wear knee pads because um, oh. I prefer to be on my knees. I prefer to be on my knees because then my feet start hurting. Well, so the knee pads, what, like to get down and uh, scan things or? Uh, uh, just stock. I stock on. Oh, I stock I do. Yeah. So it's a hard job uh, for which you get $1,000 a month and then the bank takes the money out. So so Medi-Cal, what is that, the California Medicaid? Uh, yeah, that's basically um, um, government, it's government assistance, mm-hmm. you know, medic, medical govern, government assistance and we depend on it, you know. Um, unfortunately, right. Medi-Cal doesn't cover a lot of things. Like uh, a few weeks back, I needed a root canal, mm-hmm. and um, it was my my tooth was hurting really bad. I had already had another tooth that was next to it extracted, 
And um, that other one, the, the root was showing, and I needed a root canal real bad. I, I hadn't needed it for a few months. Mm-hmm. And um, Medi-Cal doesn't cover that. So I had a, I had a, um, you know, one of my friends from the USCW told me about a free event that they were having where they, uh, I could get some free dental work. Mm-hmm. So um, I went in there thinking they were going to help me out and uh, do a root canal. And um, they just, uh, long story short, they ended up pulling my tooth out. So now I have, now I'm missing two back molars back there and it's, Really hard for me to chew my food and things like that. Speaking of food, do you, uh, do you have to uh, have food stamps? Um, you know, we really um, depend on them, but a lot of times we don't get approved. Um, according to the welfare system, um, they say I make too much. You yeah. make too much? A thousand dollars? Thousand dollars a month? Yeah, that's. I mean, including like my wa- my wife. Income also like um, oh I see we just went we just went recently to reapply and see if uh, right before the baby was born mm-hmm. um, we went to go reapply and uh, they said we still make too much even though she's on maternity leave and she gets like maybe a hundred hundred and twenty dollars a week on mm-hmm. her maternity leave and then uh, with my check and what kind of work so, does she do she's also in retail she works for big lots. Uh huh. So you went out on on on. Uh, I guess you would call it an action. I don't know if you call it a strike because if you're on strike, you would be still on strike. But I mean, did you did you get? Oh around? no, uh, it it was it was an official it was um, official ULP strike. Uh, we went on a strike for two days. And what's the, what's the organization? Um, it's called um, Organization United for Respect at Walmart. Uh-huh. Um, in short, it's called Our Walmart. And uh, is there some connection to United Food and Commercial Workers, the union? Um, well, they back us up 100%, mm-hmm. and um, it's our right as uh, an American citizen to, you know, if we're being mistreated at work and our, our employers are mistreating us, it's our right to organize, and it's our right to come together, and it's our right to seek help from unions. Mm-hmm. And under the National Rela- uh, Rela- the National Labor yeah. Relations right. Act, mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, um, about three years ago, three years ago or so, um, a member had seeked help from the UFCW, and they've been they've been um, by our side and having our back 100% ever since. So when you were out there, uh, there were a lot of, it sounds like there's a lot of cops around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of cops. Well, why why did they feel like it was necessary if there was a bunch of people out there who were you were you throwing things were you yelling were you getting in people's way? Uh, not at all. Um, besides us chanting and um, doing our um, our cheering for um, the people that were participating in the CD, you know, there was no. Um, it's called a it's called a nonviolent um, civil disobedience. You but know, but they, the still needed, uh, they still needed they still needed armor plated cops and a helicopter to deal with it, right? Well, I'm I'm sure they're just um, prepared for anything, um, you know, that can anything that could jump off. I guess you know, mm. there's uh, there can always be this uh, one uh, bad apple, you know, that uh, might be. Uh, but um, so, yeah, mean, our, so, so. our purpose our purpose out there was to show was to show Walmart that um, we can come together, that we can organize, mm-hmm. and that uh, we won't take their uh, crap anymore. We're, we need we need a livable wage. Um, I I cannot make it. I was one of the speakers there that day, mm-hmm. and um, 
just like I told the crowd, I, I, it's really hard. I struggle day to day. Um, you know, I shouldn't have to be getting payday loans. I shouldn't have to be depending on Medi-Cal. I shouldn't have to be seeing if we get a proof of food stamps. But, but wait a second. Do you really want to take food out of the mouths of the Walton family? I mean, they only have $127 billion. I mean, can't they, can't they spare some, um, some table scraps? Um, I, I guess not. I guess not. I mean, you know, <laughs> on top of everything else, uh, there's a study that was just done, and I'm going to interview somebody after you. They found out that uh, on the, in these farm subsidies, that these billions of dollars in farm subsidies that uh, taxpayers give to, uh, to people, uh, there are many billionaires who are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in tax subsidies, farm subsidies. <laughs> and That's one true. of them, listen to this, one of them is the Walton family. Uh-huh. Take, take. It's true. They're the, the richest, um, you know, family, the richest family out there. Um, all their their all their income combined um, is equal to forty two percent of the United States combined. Yeah. The, the 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 lower forty two percent of the, the entire lower population. Percent. Talking about I mean, like a so hundred million people, you know. So and and you know to answer a lot of people ask, um, you know, why don't you find another job and. Why don't you go, um, you know, get an education and get another job where you don't have to work there if you don't want to or be thankful for a job. And So what do you say? Answer, what do you say to them? Yeah. My answer to them is why, sh why should I get another job? They can afford to pay me a livable wage. I'm not asking for a Rolls Royce car. I'm not asking for a Rolex watch. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking for, uh, you know, on a personal level, I'm just asking to work another day out of the week. Mm -hmm. You know, I have I have usually have three days off, and I like a full time position. You know, well, they I want Walmart. I want Walmart to keep their bonus. I don't want Walmart's bonus. I want a full time position mm. so that I can afford um, to 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 pay for um, some benefits, and so I, so I can have a four hundred one k. So I could, you know, if God forbid I stay working at Walmart uh, for so long. You know, I want to be able to retire mm -hmm. with a good four hundred one k and. You know, uh, and the Wal the Waltons can't afford to pay me, you know, a livable wage. They can't afford to pay me $12 an hour, $13 an hour. I'm a really hard worker. Um, you know, a lot of people that don't know me, um, you know, I've, I've heard comments, you know, people calling us lazy mm -hmm. and this and that, and it's not true. I'm a very hard worker. Um, you guys can ask my managers. I'm a very hard worker. I'm a, a key model employee and um that's something i i take pride in is my work uh no matter what kind of work i do i take pride in everything i do um whether i'm getting paid um table scraps or not did you did you get in any kind of trouble when you came back to work no no i didn't mm -hmm. um you know um unfortunately i i won't be surprised if they pull little stunts like mm. You know, thing, they won't do anything directly to me or tell me anything directly. I'm a well-known leader in my store. Um, and, and I'm a well-known leader in Southern California also. So mm -hmm. they know that, um, you know, I'll just, you know, I have I have like a thousand people at my call that will have my back. Mm -hmm. And they know they not not to mess with me. Well, Walmart's ever, in... Ever since I became uh, our Walmart member, mm -hmm. they... they Walmart's so scared of union and talk of organizing that, you know, any any talk of organizing or any 
you know, they're trained to watch out for things like that and listen to keywords. And Well, why don't, so, let me ask you this question. I mean, unions have been formed uh, in this country going back, <clears throat> it's like 120 or more years, and sometimes under great violence. And people were making starvation wages in the garment industry, coal miners, uh, yeah. you name it, copper copper miners. But, you know, uh, they they went on strike and everybody joined up. Why doesn't everybody at Walmart join or is it just too easy to say a thing like that when they're trying to have to work you know well there's there's two reasons um like i spoke about earlier there's people that are content with where they're at really you know they live at home with mama oh um they don't have kids they uh you know probably don't have bills to pay so they're they're cool and they're they're probably one of those employees that already has a full-time position Mm-hmm. And they can't afford their benefits, and you know, so some there's some employees that are content, mm. and then there's the majority of employees that bicker and complain and whine. Yeah. But yet, but yet they're afraid to speak up because well, Walmart Walmart intimidates, mm-hmm. and Walmart retaliates on people, and if they they even think that you're gonna um, like we like for example, let me give you an example. Yeah. A couple months back, there was a, an employee, he was a temp worker, and his name was Ernest. And he he had the, the audacity, he had the, the, I should say, the balls yeah. to to join the organization. He didn't like what was going on at Walmart. He was only he was only there like about three months, and he already seen the, the, the disrespect from the managers, the way they talk to you, <laughs> the... the, the, the you know, the way they treat us, the way they um, off-schedule us, and, you know, all the disrespect. He joined our Walmart, and not too long after that, and it was known that he joined also. He was wearing the hat and, you know, our bracelet that we wear and the, the button. Hmm. And um, not too long after that, about a, a week later, um, him being a temp, they let him go. So, wait, you wear the button in the store? Oh, yeah. I, I represent to the fullest. And um, when I get away with it, I wear my hat. And um, what what, what is it? Off, I take it off. What does it say? Our Walmart on the hat? Yeah, it says our Walmart, and it has our our logo on it. Our logo is um, you know the national OK sign. Well, the customers probably think you're wearing a Walmart hat. Yeah, I mean the customers don't really know the difference unless they're union members. But some uh, most union members don't even shop at Walmart. Does any, but, um, do, do customers ever say anything? I mean, do they know this is going on? Do they say anything? They they don't say anything. Uh, no, I, they've never asked me anything while I was talking. Yeah. Um, we're open like two hours before we close, so I do interact with customers. But um, as far as the only customer interaction that I've had was at my store. We did an action at my store. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, it was my day off. Actually, on Halloween, we did a little action on our store. We projected um, some movies off the side of the store mm-hmm. and um, uh, some our Walmart uh, videos. Um, and I was interacting with customers and letting them know um, what's going on inside my store. And uh, what kind of response did you get? Um, I was getting a pretty good response. You know, I was getting people to wear stickers. We had stickers. Um, that said, um, cutting hours is spooky, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the fact it was Halloween. Yeah. And uh, we know that after the holidays, after Black Friday, after the holidays and all that, you know, yeah, they might give us a little bit of overtime now, but right after that, they cut our hours, like, dramatically. Like, 
everybody's gonna have like four days off and things like that and that's to, to even out the you know maybe the bonus we might get or the overtime so last so year i was i was getting customers to wear the stickers while they went in the store and i was getting <laughs> a pretty good response i even got a couple of customers that asked me um do you still do you want me to shop here still and uh my response was, "Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and go in and shop there." Well, let me ask you this question: If uh, we just, uh, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to uh, Mr. Gotia here, who is a uh, a Walmart worker who went on strike with a bunch of other people last week. Did, did you get arrested? Um, no, no, not this time around. Because um, the only reason why I didn't is because my daughter was going to be born the next day, and I didn't want to. Uh-huh. You know, I was going to be in jail. But I did get arrested September 5th. We had another big action in front of the, in front of Chinatown mm-hmm. in downtown LA. And uh, I got arrested that day. And um, I see, you know, I, I, I do it for, for a better cause, not to cause trouble, but to make a statement um, and let all my, my associates, my fellow employees know that, you know, I'm not scared and I'm willing to stand up for them. And stand up for what's right. Let me ask you this question. Last year, Walmart made a profit of $17 billion. And uh, the Waltons have, the five of them, I think it is now, or six of them, have together something like $127 billion in assets. And they don't, no, they don't work, of course. You know, they don't do anything. And all this money comes to them, $17 billion in profits. Let me let me answer this question on a larger basis, not just one. You said if you could make twenty five thousand dollars a year, you'd be content. Really? I mean, what kind what kind of country do you think it is where people buy condominiums for ninety million dollars in Manhattan, or Walmart makes seventeen billion in profit, and you're looking to make twenty five thousand? Do you have like a larger attitude about all this? <laughs> um, you know, honestly. Um you know the american dream right is to to come to america and to be able to provide for your family in the white picket fence but i'm an american citizen and all i want to do is provide for my family mm-hmm. you know it's funny that it's funny that um australia has 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 the, the highest minimum wage and for some reason they dodged the the, the recession you know, shouldn't that say something? It should say something. It should say that if people were treated equally financially and in every other way with the same respect and the same financial respect for the hard work they do, then we'd have about right. 90% less problems than we do. I think that's right. what it says, you know. Yeah, and wouldn't that boost our economy? If I got paid a little more, you'd spend, you you'd spend would, more. Don't yeah. you think I would shop a little more? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's like people don't think, you know, I was, I was in Washington, um, a couple weeks back, I, I got an opportunity to fly out there and speak to a couple members of Congress, and um, I was in a, a press conference, mm-hmm. and um, that was the subject also. Like, you know, what's going on over there? What's going on over there? Who's 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 making up these laws? And and you know, there's no such thing as middle class anymore. It's, it's either your poverty, you're living in poverty, or 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 you're you're. Um, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. I understand that myself. I mean, you go over to speak to a member of Congress, they're making $160,000 a year themselves, you know, and also they're getting paid to run their campaigns by the same people who are the billionaires. So so where where can people go? How can people help you and the Walmart workers? Tell me how they do well, it. Well, people can go, uh, for, first of all, they can go on uh, forrespect.org. Forrespect. 
forrespect.org. Okay. And um, they can also check out um, our Facebook page. Um, it's um, our Walmart SoCal. Mm-hmm. And um, they can get involved. They can go into their local Walmart and they can speak to managers and they can tell tell managers um, to treat their associates better. They can write letters to home office. They can call home office, um, you know, because Walmart, um, you know, thinks that the customers are important. Walmart calls the customers our boss. Hmm. And um, the community, Walmart care, uh, claims to care about the community. But but yet they they let us live in poverty. You know I don't I don't get it. You know people get away it, with whatever. You know it's the way the world works. Like I have to go in a minute. I'm going to talk to somebody else who's pointing out who just did a study on all these billionaires getting farm subsidies. But the last thing is you know people get away with what they can get away with. You gotta you can't just sort of sit there and hope. You know that they're going to do the right thing. You have to get in their faces. And I think that's what yeah. we're talking about, right? And that's what this, these actions um, all month long. You're going to see a bunch of actions popping off all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chicago went on strike. Seattle just went on strike uh, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And um, all over the country, Walmart's going to be getting hit. And until they right. until they listen to our uh, to our demands, um, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. Okay. Well, listen, thanks for coming on, and good luck. And uh, in the end, maybe we'll all go over to where the Waltons live and, you know, see if they can chip in personally. Hey, I'm 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 down. I'm willing. <laughs> All right. All right. Now you have you have a good morning. You have a good day. You see you. See you around. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, same thing, Walmart, same thing, McDonald's, all over the country. Millions of people working for starvation wages while they make uh, billions of dollars in profit by company jets and, you know, have ranches in Venezuela and by condominiums all over the world. Is that what we want? Uh, do you think voting is going to change it? Just asking. Okay, this is Mike Fader on Occupied Territory. We're going to take a break and come back and talk to some people who did a study, uh, people at the Environmental Working Group who did a study about farm subsidies and how it goes to billionaires, a lot of it. This is Mike Fader again. We are uh, <coughs> going to talk with Alex Rindler. Am I saying your name right, Rindler? Yep. Okay. Alex Rindler, who is a policy associate at the Environmental Working Group, and uh, he's a member of uh, EWG, Environmental Working Group's government affairs team. Uh, he works on issues related to environmental health, energy, and agriculture. And uh, most recently, he helped lead successful efforts to pass legislation that provides health benefits to veterans and their families made ill by toxic drinking water. So there's a study that your group did 
First of all, mm-hmm. let me ask you about the Environmental Working Group. Can you describe sure. what it is, where you get your money from, what you do? Sure. We're a nonprofit uh, environmental organization based in Washington, D.C. We also have an office in Iowa where we direct um, a lot of our agricultural work and an office in California. Um, we focus on environmental health issues, so for example, um, reforming toxic chemicals policy uh, to protect uh, the most vulnerable from chemical exposures. Uh, we also advocate for reforms in agriculture uh, to ensure that um, our food system is is safe and um, efficient for uh, taxpayers as well. Um, what, where, do so, you get, uh, where do you get your funding from? Sure. We get uh, half about from uh, uh, just grassroots uh, donations, individual donors, and half from um, foundations. Mm-hmm. So this this, po- this uh, report that came out, were you part of uh, investigating it and writing it? Correct. Uh, I was the lead author of the analysis, um, and the report focused on uh, 50 billionaires who, since 1995, have received millions of dollars in farm subsidies. Um, We identified these billionaires by matching the Forbes 400 list, Mm -hmm. which ranks the richest Americans, with EWG's farm subsidy database that tracks farm subsidy spending. So if you go on our database, um, you can search by individual and see the amount of farm subsidies that person has received. Uh, since 1995. Um, What we found is a number of billionaires, including co-founder of Microsoft, Paul Allen, uh, Charles Ergen, who's the co-founder of Dish Network, Mm -hmm. uh, Leonard Lauder, who's the son of Estee Lauder and the former CEO of Estee Lauder Companies, um, Leslie Wexner, who's the CEO of L Brands, which owns Victoria's Secrets, and I, Charles Schwab, and, and many others. Well, the, the two that the two of my favorites are Penny Pritzker, who just got appointed Secretary of Commerce by um, by her protege, Mr. Uh, Mr. Obama, right? Yeah, uh, Ms. Pritzker and a number of her family members uh, have all received um, subsidies for um, their their interest in in a certain business um, that's received over $500,000 in farm subsidies um, for um, various crops. So um, so these these people are billionaires. Uh, always hard to remember what that is. That's $1,000 million times a multiple. So, <laughs> so these people are billionaires, and you and I work. They take money out of our taxes, and the listeners who are listening, they take money out of your taxes, and some of that money pays them a subsidy to grow things, right? That's the way it is? Correct. Um, so they re- they've received uh, traditional forms of farm subsidies. Um, for example, uh, what's called uh, direct payments is a, is a type of farm subsidy. Um, these are government checks basically going out um, to people who just own land that at least one point um, was actively farmed but doesn't necessarily have to be uh, currently for you in order uh, to receive um, a subsidy. So in many cases, um, a lot of these billionaires uh, have received taxpayer dollars simply for, for owning land. Others own um, you know, huge ranches and have uh, business interests in, in actual farms as, as well. Mm-hmm. 
They may, some of them probably don't even know they have it, but um, somebody like Alan, I wonder if he even knows what he owns. Uh, let me ask. Let me ask you this: There, there. You're talking about direct farm subsidies, and that's something we could examine. There's a big farm bill that was passed in the House, and then it's going to be mm-hmm. negotiated between the Senate and the House. And of course, one of the outstanding things about it, the outstandingly outrageous and shameful, is that it includes cutting um, food stamps, uh, some of which have already been cut from the sequester. They want to cut tens of billions of dollars in food stamps, right? And this is in Correct. this new agriculture bill. You know, the, the irony here is, is rich, that you're exactly right. While Congress uh, debates cutting billions of dollars from a program that helps feed hungry kids, the wealthiest, most successful farm businesses are collecting enormous amounts of, of subsidies. Welfare. Um, Welfare. And, and, and some in, in Congress have voted to put uh, tighter eligibility restrictions on food stamp recipients while at the same time uh, voting to increase subsidies for the richest farmers without any sort of restriction. So what I mean by that is um, no means testing, no payment limits, hmm. and uh, these subsidies, these new forms of subsidies which subsidize now um, farmers' crop insurance, that's the primary way now that um, farmers are able to manage the risk and that taxpayers uh, support farmers is through the federal crop insurance program. Um, these crop insurance subsidies um, are not subject to any sort of public disclosure requirements either. Well, that's great. So while you know, we know at least that you know, 50 billionaires have received in the past traditional forms of FARB subsidies, it's still very uh, possible that they could be uh, receiving crop insurance subsidies, but again, we just don't know because that information uh, is prevented from uh, being disclosed to the public. And, and the new bill uh, is shifting even more of the money into crop insurance subsidies so that they'll be more covered up, right? That's correct. Um, it proposes um, higher levels of basically guaranteed revenue. Um, when we talk about crop insurance, it's not just insurance to cover losses in, in crop yields, but really insurance to cover losses in, in revenue. Uh, it's, it's unlike any sort of insurance that, that we're familiar with, um, especially considering that the more expensive your crop insurance policy is, the more subsidized your insurance premium is. So we found that um, the vast majority of uh, taxpayer support for crop insurance is flowing to the most successful farm businesses that can afford the most expensive crop insurance policies. Well, so now this is thoroughly corrupt and immoral, um, and I guess it's important that people like you are pointing it out because otherwise nobody would even know this, right? You know, uh, just a year ago, people weren't talking uh, a lot about uh, crop insurance and crop insurance reform. That picture has really has really changed um, just within the past uh, year or so. Um, there was a uh, amendment that was passed twice in the Senate and received um, uh, passed a, a non-binding resolution in the House to actually start um, limiting uh, these crop insurance subsidies um, by uh, means testing them. And there's also been efforts now in Congress to require the public disclosure of crop insurance recipients. So I think, you know, certainly it's it's catching on. It's piercing the public's consciousness that that hey, you know, now if we're we're shifting our the way that uh, you know government and, and the taxpayer supports agriculture, mm-hmm. we have to ensure that this 
um, this crop insurance program is going to be um, you know accountable to taxpayers and uh, we have to ensure its integrity going forward uh, if you just tune in you're listening to Alex Rindler who is it's R-I-N-D-L-E-R who is a policy associate at the environmental working group and they've come out with a report on this um, basically grand theft um, crop subsidy uh, game that's been played in Congress and with billionaires speaking of immoral and corrupt let me mention two names and maybe you could explain who they are in fact, let me read this paragraph here, and then you could, you could uh, amplify. Uh, representatives in the House of Representatives, Stephen Fincher, Republican of Tennessee, and Doug LaMalfa, Republican of California, both cited the Bible last week to argue that while individual Christians have a responsibility to feed the poor, the federal government does not. Who are these two guys, and how do they benefit? Sure. Uh, well, the hypocrisy in this case is is ridiculous. Um, they're both uh, congressmen that represent, um, you know, agricultural districts. Um, Stephen Fincher is a uh, Republican from Tennessee, who we found through uh, looking at our subsidy database received 3.5 million dollars in farm subsidies since 1995. Um, he happens to be also one of the most vocal critics of the food stamp program and, like you said, quoted the Bible um, recently uh, saying, those unwilling to work shall not eat. At the same time, you know, he's uh, in favor of, of putting tighter restrictions on, on food stamp recipients. He's collecting millions of dollars in, in taxpayer money. And Lamalfa, who is it? Uh, Lamalfa is a is a Republican from uh, California, again who represents um, an ag-heavy um, state. He and his wife have received uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth, again farm subsidies over the years. Uh, he also is a huge proponent of increasing uh, crop insurance subsidies um, without putting any sort of the same uh, limits that we've had in place on traditional farm subsidies for years. What I mean by that is uh, payment limits, um, means testing, uh, public transparency. Um, so it's, it's, like I said, the hypocrisy here is, is pretty, pretty remarkable and, and eye-opening. So they, they, um, they keep getting reelected. I mean, do their constituents understand what they do and how they do it? I mean, for instance, they're representing certain districts in California and Tennessee. The people, there's people who live in these districts who probably work on farms or work uh, as laborers on farms who hardly have any money at all and maybe don't get that much of a subsidy. Do they understand who they're voting for and what these guys are doing? You know, I'm 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 not sure. I I know obviously that uh, uh, there's been a lot of uh, coverage about uh, these two in particular um, on this on this issue. Certainly, more people are aware. Um, you know, one thing that we're interested in, in looking closer is, is is taking a look at uh, congressional districts and and looking at the amount of um, subsidies uh, hmm. in that district compared to the rising poverty level. Um, in that district as well. Um, that, I think, uh, could be a, a pretty um, eye-opening exercise to see, well, at the same time, the poverty rate in a certain district or county is increasing. Yeah. You're having more and more uh, taxpayer dollars flowing 
um, to the wealthiest uh, farm businesses. And, they, and they're campaigning like all these other kinds of people in, in Congress who campaign saying that, uh, you know, the poor need to watch out for themselves. Uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be we shouldn't having the government support these people. You know, they're they're whining. They're uh, sucking up all our resources. And these guys are basically just thieving from the United States government. I mean, probably if you looked at their assets, they're worth millions. I mean, a lot of the average uh, worth, which is a stupid word to use when you think about it, the average worth of, uh, of a congressperson, a member of Congress, that's Senate and, um, and the House of Representatives, is $11.2 million. I bet these guys are millionaires. Yeah, I know uh, quite, quite a number of members of Congress are... Are are quite well off. Yeah. Um, certainly, you know, in the case of um, of this report, um, you know, the the net worth of of the Forbes uh, guys on the list are pretty astronomical. Uh, Paul Allen, for example, is, is has a net worth of, of about 15.8 billion dollars. Um, Charles Zergen, again, who co-founded Dish Network, has a net worth of 12.5 um, billion dollars. Uh, he received almost $118,000 worth in um, crop disaster payments and livestock subsidies for his 6,000-plus uh, acre ranch in Colorado. Mm. Um, Paul Allen, uh, again, um, has received more than $14,000 in barley subsidies for land in Idaho. Um, from 1996 to 2006. Now, barley far farmers, for example, got over $380 million worth in crop insurance premium support uh, between 1995 and 2012, but we don't know if Allen got any of this money because that information um, uh, right. is, is right. secret. Um, for another, I'll just go through, uh, you know, maybe another example. Well, you know, um, actually, actually, since, since yeah. you're picking one, I, can, can, we, can we get the details on my favorites? My, my, sure. As far as I'm concerned, they're the winners on this list. Alice and Jim Walton. Right. Um, so, obviously, uh, the Walt, heirs to the Walton family fortune. Um, a number of the, the family members uh, have business interests in um, Robeson Ranch, um, which received um, over $260,000 in wheat, soybean, corn, and other farm subsidies from 1995 uh, to 2008. And I mention wheat, soybean, corn because those are um, the crops that are most popularly, popularly insured and mm -hmm. they pay out um, the vast majority of uh, crop insurance uh, subsidies. So. You know, if looking at the kinds of crops that these billionaires receive money for or their businesses, um, you know, it's very likely that they're also receiving crop insurance subsidies as well. And these two people have um, uh, assets of $67 billion. We, we just That's had somebody on the show before you uh, who was a Walmart worker who went out on strike in L.A. last week. He makes mm -hmm. nine sixty an hour. Yeah, Al, the Waltons are um, all ranked in the in the top ten of the Forbes uh, 400 list this year. Okay, so you know I'm glad that you did this, and I'm glad that the public is hearing this, and the public is hearing as much of it as uh, whichever media is uh, able to stand up and say it is telling them. <laughs> Obviously, you know I I doubt we're going to hear something like this on MSNBC or someplace else, but. You have your ways. You're down in Washington, and you lobby people, and I guess you have a budget for public relations, in other words, to spread the word, right? Correct. 
Okay. Yeah, go ahead. We've been, we've been, yeah, we've been, uh, you know, I think the report has received um, great, we've, we've been very pleased with the amount of coverage uh, it's received, certainly. It was in the, um, it was in the New York Times. I saw it it I was read. in the New York Times. Uh, Gail Collins wrote about it in her last, um, her last column last mm -hmm. week. Um, Huffington Post did a great um, spread um, with, along with pictures of, of some of these um, more notable billionaires, um, which uh, received a lot of a lot of shares over social media. So, um, you know, we're we're very pleased with the coverage. We we released the report last week, and and we're still seeing um, articles being written about it. Um, a, a week later. Well, very good work. So I don't think know. this story is going away. Yeah, well, I'm really glad you did this because um, the important thing is to, t is to, is to you see, and you see what's happening is obviously they're already covering it up by doing the crop insurance subsidies so they can't be identified, and now the new bill will shift even more of the subsidies to crop insurance, of course, which they don't need anyhow because they're all billionaires, these people. But it's good that you're pointing that out. If, if somebody is not pointing this out, and shaming these people, or at least point, I don't know if they're capable of shame, but if you're not pointing a finger at them, then nothing would ever change, right? Correct. I mean, you know, it, it really makes the case for the importance of uh, transparency in, in the farm, um, farm safety net. You know, without our database, we wouldn't be able to um, really have a good idea of, of who's receiving um, taxpayer dollars in the form of, of farm subsidies. That's why it's so important to continue um, to maintain that same level of transparency moving forward with the federal crop insurance program. Mm -hmm. And that's why uh, we and we and others are pushing for reforms to require uh, the public disclosure of crop insurance recipients along with um, you know, basic common sense limits that have been in place for many years as well. It would be interesting to see uh, the new bill include um, <clears throat> a, um, a bill, uh, actually uh, a bill sent to these people for the crop insurance, uh, for the crop insurance and the farm subsidies since 1995 based on their means for them to reimburse the federal government, i.e. the people of the United States, right? <laughs> um, it's an interesting idea, certainly. Um, I can tell you that uh, Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro from Connecticut, who has been a, um, a huge champion um, fighting back efforts to cut the, the food stamp program, has actually written to all 50 billionaires on our list asking really? if they or the businesses they have interests in have received uh, crop insurance subsidies. So it'll be very interesting to see huh. um, who responds and, and, and what they say. Yeah, I mean, uh, if they had any sense of decency, which probably they don't, they would just write a check out for what they, um, you know, what they took from all of us. It's amazing. People don't even know what their taxes go for. But, to, you know, people are always screaming and yelling, well, you know, we have to, we have to stop all the, medic, you know, the, the Medicare abuse and uh, Social Security, the retirement age has to be raised. <laughs> it's constantly picking on people who have no money or no way to defend themselves. But uh, I guess that's, that's not an old, st it's not a, a news story. So the Environmental Working Group, how can people uh, see this study and how can they help out your group? Sure. Uh, if you log on to www.ewg.org, the Farm Billionaire story is right on our front page. You can uh, click on that. It'll bring you um, to our analysis along with the full list of all 50 uh, billionaires that you can view. Um, that links to our farm subsidy database, which I mentioned before. Um, so e www.ewg.org, 
you'll be able to find out all about our work on agriculture and toxic chemicals policy mm-hmm. and certainly um, find out ways to, to get involved and, and help us out. Okay, I guess, uh, I guess there isn't a, uh, a page on your website that provides the home addresses and phones for these people so we could call up and ask them for our money back? I guess not. I guess. That we haven't provided yet. Okay, all right. <laughs> you might have to do some of that digging on your own. <laughs> I, I will, believe me. <laughs> Listen, uh, Alex Rindler and the Environmental Working Group, thank you so much for doing this work. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Mike, for having me on. I appreciate it. Okay. Um, we have only, what do we have, like three minutes left? Just about, uh, yeah, we have three minutes left. And um, what else is there to say? Here's a guy out in California, uh, working, you know, on his knees with knee pads. Uh, he's been there a year and uh, or standing up all day and working hard. The people at Walmart work hard. If they didn't work hard, they'd fire him in a second. They're on their feet all day. They're dealing with uh, customers who abuse them. They're, uh, and I've talked to other Walmart workers, and their supervisors almost uniformly treat them like crap. They don't get full-time benefits. Um, uh, all due respect to the guy I was talking to, I would probably not have so many children. You know, I feel compelled to say that. You know, it's it's a, it's a complicated world. But if I didn't have any money, I, I wouldn't be having so many children. But that's his life. That's his choice. Meanwhile, the bigger point is this income inequality, is income inequality. You can't have people with tens of billions of dollars getting paid um, by uh, you and me. We're supporting. We're giving welfare to these people who have billions of dollars. We're giving them farm subsidies. We're giving them tax breaks. We're giving them tax loopholes. They don't need our money. We need their money. The country needs their money. They got rich by doing exactly what you heard the first half hour. They got rich by cheating people and starving people and having slavery if they could get away with it. These people are criminals, and they need to be locked up, and their assets seized and redistributed to the rest of us. That is the way I see it. And I'll just leave you with this quote from George Orwell. In a time of universal deceit, Telling the truth is a revolutionary act.